Back with another edition of the Employment Hour. The number anytime, 1-855-821-5900. It is help at employmenthour.com. We'll talk about it later, but I'll give you a heads up on it right now. Severancepaycalculator.com. You'll find out what the actual number, dollar amount, and length of severance should be. Use that tool. It's a desktop. It's on your iPhone. It's on your Android. It's on your tablet. Wherever you can use it, it's uh, ready to go. Severancepaycalculator.com. Lior, brother, we always start with the week that was. What's going on with you? Man, oh man, oh man! Mm. What a, a busy, busy week, busy couple of weeks actually. It's it's been John. Uh, a lot of people calling us. Uh, I think people also uh, viewing our TV show every uh, every Saturday, and and we're reaching more people, informing people. So that's so good. I, I'm so happy and so very proud of the fact that people get more informed and educated about their rights in the workplace. So if this is the first time you've t- you've tuned into this station and hearing the Employment Hour, what the heck is this show about? Well, it's all about you. It's all about your job. It's all about ensuring that you know what your rights are, employment law. You spend a lot of time at your job, a lot of time working, and, and you may have questions. Can my boss do this to me? Uh, they are la- they allowed to change my pay, my job. Uh, can they relocate me? What happens if I'm being harassed? What happens if I lost my job? What am I owed? All of these things we address every single week right here. So tune in and, uh, you know, any questions, you're going to reach out to me. Always happy to chat. And, uh, you know, talk about informing people. The week that was, I think, uh, certainly the first one I'll tell you about, John, uh, deals with that uh, directly. Uh, I had a call from a gentleman that he called and he was actually very proud when he called because uh, what happened to him is he was part of a a sales team with a, a company. And the company decided they need to cut uh, some of the salespeople. The sales were not going well. They lost a client. So they let go about six salespeople, all in a span of about 24 hours. So you know, one by one, they walked him into a meeting, and they gave him the bad news. Now, what this company did is something that you're not supposed to do if you're a company. And then they said, what they said to these people is, here's your severance package. Take a couple minutes to read it, and we need you to sign it right now. Yeah. Well. Each one of these people signed it right there on the spot, oh, man. except this person. And why didn't he sign it? He didn't sign it because he had heard our show, and he knew. And he said, no, thanks for the, for the suggestion, but uh, I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to sign that severance offer. What he did instead, he went home and he gave me a call. So here's these guy, th- this guy's stats. He had been for, for th- working for this company for six years, Okay, 47 years old, made a, a decent income, and what they offered him there is three months' pay. I'd assess them as being owed eight months' pay. Wow. So that's two and a half times what they had offered him, more than two and a half times what they've offered him. Uh, and, and I don't know anything about the other folks that signed off on the severance offers, but I can I can imagine that their offers were probably just as deficient. So uh, this guy was, was happy he called me, and now I'm working with him, and it's not going to be a problem, John. I'm definitely going to get him what he's owed. But there's such an important lesson there. Actually, a couple of lessons. Number one is you cannot, under any circumstances, sign off on a severance offer. Uh, it doesn't matter what the pressure is from the employer. Most employers are not going to be uh, that uh, outrageous and make you sign it on the spot. But even if they do, or if they give you two, a day or two days or seven days, doesn't matter. That deadline is meaningless. Your legal rights don't expire that way. So you give me a call. You make sure that you, you understand how much you're owed. You don't want to find out that you should have gotten another thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars, $50,000, and you're not going to get it because uh, you signed off. Yeah. And, and for employers, it's a horrible idea to make people sign off on the severance package on the spot because by doing that, you're giving the employee the argument that I signed it under duress. 
So even for those folks that signed it on the spot, they actually may be able to get out of it just because it looks so bad for the company to make them sign that severance package on the spot. So there's important lessons there. Main one is don't make mistakes. Don't sign on off on a severance offer, regardless of the pressure, John. You know, it, it's funny you mention that too, because because they were rushed, the employer thinking, "Okay, we'll get out of this scot free. Everybody signs, we're off the hook, whether they knew it or not." That could end up backfiring because had they given people a week or two or whatever to come back and sign it, they might have followed the old pattern of you know nine out of ten people don't know any better, which they should by now after listening to us. But they'll, they'll you won't know any better, and they'll sign off anyway, thereby saving the money in the long run. Right? It's, it's exactly. just bad policy. You, you, you hit the nail on the head, John. Yeah. That's exactly how it was. If they simply said, you know, take a few days and then sign it back, and yeah, probably most of those people will still have signed it back, yeah. and at that point, it's foolproof for the company. Because they told them, no, no, you need, we need to sign this right now, the employees actually may be able to get out of it. So the company, really, what it did is it hurt itself. Yeah. So be that as it may, irrespective of the pressure, do what this gentleman did. He did it because he had heard the show. Uh, you know, I, I, and I think I would think that had he not, he probably would have done what his colleagues did and signed off on the severance offer. So thankfully uh, for him, you know, it's probably about forty thousand dollar difference or thirty five thousand, something like that. So it's a very big deal, John. Still got a couple minutes to go here before we uh, take a break. What else you got going on? So I got a call from a, a lady who had gone off work as a result of work stress, and that's workplace stress and anxiety was because she was mistreated, harassed by a supervisor. When she went off on the stress, she told her employer, that's why I'm going off, because of uh, workplace harassment. Well, what the company did, they said they did, is they investigated it, and then they contacted her and said, we investigated, and we don't think you were harassed. We, we can substantiate it. So as far as we're concerned, there's no need for you to be off. Please come back to work. She responds saying, well, irrespective of this, I am under doctor's care. Doctor tells me I can't go back to work. And when he says, well, it doesn't matter to us because we don't think there was any harassment. So unless you come back to work, we'll consider you to have abandoned your job. And when she didn't come back to work, they considered her to have abandoned. She called me and she says, my gosh, what's going on here? Well, John, that's ridiculous. Putting the harassment issue aside for a second, if you can't work because your doctor says you can't work, it doesn't matter what the company thinks or what the company wants. You're allowed to be off work, period, full stop. It doesn't, doesn't matter if the company believes you. It's not their job to believe or to not believe. So because of that, not only, of course, is this a wrongful dismissal, potentially it's a human rights issue, uh, and, and uh, the company can never and under any circumstances should never disregard, ignore, or go against what your doctor says. That's always the rule, John. We'll take a short break. When we uh, when we come back, the most ridiculous allegations of cause that Lior has seen in his career, these are beauties. Stick around for the number 1-855-821-5900. It is help at employmenthour.com, and we'll get to this as well. That would be the severance pay calculator, severancepaycalculator.com as well. It's the Employment Hour right here, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto and CHML. The number, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmenthour.com for contact anytime. Lior, a member of his firm, will uh, we'll get right to you. The most ridiculous allegations of cause that Lior has seen in his career. Let's go through some of these there. I'm sure you had to like spend days whittling down this <laughs> list to just, what, five or ten, but we'll, uh, we'll get to these. Um, first one, employee did not pass a test. Yeah, and so, so let me elaborate. You know, First of all, before we even get into this, we're talking about termination for cause. So right. let's set the stage for those that may not have heard our show and, and don't necessarily know what cause is. A termination for cause is a situation where the company lets you go without severance, and that can only happen 
when you've done something terrible, something horrible, something that makes it impossible to continue employing you. Now, that is a very difficult thing to establish. It's not enough for the company to show that you did something wrong or even that you've done a few things wrong. What they have to show ultimately that whatever it is that you did was so bad that that's, this, that's it. This employment relationship can't continue. Now, in my experience, and I've been doing this for a very long time, most employers, and in many situations, pull the trigger on the termination for cause before they should. So they, they jump to the conclusion that they have cause when they haven't done what what's supposed to be done in order to get there. They haven't documented, they haven't engaged in other discipline, or whatever it is that the employee did wasn't bad enough. So oftentimes, someone is let go for cause, no severance, they come to me and I talk to them and I realize, well, wait a second, maybe you've done those things, but that's still not all the way cause. And if it's not all the way cause, you cause you get your full severance. Yeah. So what I've done is I've put together some of the most ridiculous, ridiculous allegations of cause that I've seen. The first one that you mentioned is not passing a test. So uh, a company that... Uh, uh, in this situation that, that I was consulted about, uh, needed an employee to get a certain uh, level of certification uh, to continue working. So th there was an online test that had to be passed. Uh, and uh, and he wrote the test and didn't didn't pass it. You know, you had to have, I don't know, 65% to, to, to pass. He didn't hit that mark. They asked him to write it again, and he still didn't uh, was, wasn't able to pass. And finally they said, we're going to give you one more chance. He wrote it again. It was pretty darn close, a couple of points off, but didn't pass that test. So what did the company do? The company said, well, that's cause. That's mm. somehow misconduct. And because of that, we're going to let you go. Well, that was an absolute ridiculous allegation because for it to be cause, they would actually have to show that he deliberately failed, that he went in there saying, right. you know, I'm going to show them and I'm just going to not write the test or I'm going to deliberately uh, fail this test to, to upset them. Obviously, that's not what happened. He tried. He wasn't good at that test. He didn't pass it. But that's not cause. They could have terminated him without cause and paid him off his severance. But to say that an innocent uh, uh, effort that did not result in passing the test is cause was so outrageous and so far off base that this was really an employer that didn't know what, what it was doing, John. We'll get to another one here. The most ridiculous allegations of cause that Lior has seen in his career. Employee missed work because flight home got canceled. Yeah, yeah. This uh, this actually happened at a, uh, actually a, a fairly well-known uh, Toronto area restaurant. Uh, this person uh, had uh, worked for this company, long service employee, mm -hmm. good employee, no problem, went on a vacation somewhere warm. And it was supposed to come back on a, on a Sunday and go get back to work on a Monday. Well, unfortunately, uh, flight got canceled. Uh, there was some, some bad weather and, and the flight got canceled and got rescheduled for 24 hours later. So instead of him flying in on the Sunday, he'd be flying in on the Monday. Sure. And uh, not only was it canceled, he was actually a good guy and he gave the employer the heads up. He called them from his Caribbean location and said, heads up that I'll be at work on Tuesday instead of Monday because my flight got canceled. Well, sure enough, he comes in uh, to work on Tuesday, and they said, well, no, you were supposed to be at work yesterday. You were not there, not our problem. We're terminating you for cause. We're not going to pay you any severance. Well, John, that was absolutely ridiculous. First of all, missing work one day 
is not cause. Even if it's, there's no excuse for it in, in some situations, it's still not cause. Remember, cause is difficult to establish. But when it was innocent, when it was something beyond his control, it's not like he can just say, well, I'll just take the train or instead of the bus. He can't get, get here otherwise if the flight gets canceled from the Caribbean. So he actually did nothing wrong. Uh, so t- for a company to say that you, ha- we, it's so bad what you did because you, your flight got canceled, it, it just showed me that this was a company that was just trying to save a few bucks, really didn't care about a loyal, hardworking employee. I was wrong. And, and the good news, though, is, John, trust me, they ended up paying this person everything they owed him. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number. We're talking about the most ridiculous allegations uh, that Lior has seen in his career so far. Still got a couple minutes. We'll get to this one. Uh, employee did not provide an update from a doctor the very same day he was asked. <laughs> like now. <laughs> yeah, literally right now. Starting now. And go. No. So yeah, he uh, this this uh, this gentleman uh, had been off work uh, sick and. Uh, the company asked, which is which it was allowed to ask, sure. to get an update from a doctor. Let us know how how long you're going to be the off. Prognosis, is, yeah. The prognosis. Mm-hmm. You know, are you going to be off for another day, week, month? Is there anything we could do to accommodate you? Legitimate questions. No problem. But what the company did is they contacted him in the morning and they said, we haven't heard from you for, for a while, so we need to hear back from you by the end of the day today. Mm-hmm. Well, this person ended up making an appointment and wasn't able to get back to them till about five days later. As most of us know, we can't get to see our doctor now. It's going to take a few days to get an appointment, and then uh, by the time he got back to the company, it was five days later. Well, the company immediately, immediately turned around and said, no, no, that's too late now. We've terminated you for cause because you didn't give us the response, the update from a doctor on the day we asked for it. That was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, it's okay to ask an, an employee for an updated medical note, but you have to give them time to get it. It's it's literally trying to set them up for failure by saying, well, you have to respond now, and if you don't, then you're out of here, especially when it's not in his control. So that was a ridiculous allegation of cause. It wasn't even close. And again, this company also uh, was made to pay uh, everything uh, that it should have and then some. We'll take a short break. The number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred email is help at employmenthour.com. We'll discuss this as well. A way to find out exactly how much severance you are owed, severancepaycalculator.com. Lots more coming up. It's the Employment Hour right here, Global News Radio, six forty Toronto and on CHML. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number. It is help at employmenthour.com. The most ridiculous allegations for cause that Lior has seen in his career. We're getting through this uh, this list. This one is a beauty as well. Uh Fired for employee would not attend after hours events with the boss and coworkers because of family commitments. <laughs> yeah, I remember this one. Oh, ah, yeah. gosh. Uh, so, so apparently, this guy, the company decided, was just not a team player because he wouldn't come out with the guys uh, after work to to events. And you know, the guy had the family, he had kids, he had other priorities and, and other commitments. He couldn't necessarily just uh, take off whenever he wanted. And and frankly, you know, he, he didn't want to. He'd rather see his kids and his wife. Uh, and his family rather than go hang out with his work buddies. And that's perfectly acceptable. Now, I understand why a company may want someone to be a team player, but the fact that that, uh, he doesn't go to off-work events with them that are, again, they're not paid for, this is just, hey, let's go grab some some, Some libations. uh, Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's not cause. That's not misconduct. That's ridiculous. 
And, and literally, that's what the company said. They put that in writing. We've concluded that uh, you're not a team player, that uh, you don't really want to work here. And because of that, we think uh, we have cause to let you go. Uh, and and that was so uh, so ridiculous that I actually had to, to, to read it twice. Is that really what they're saying? <laughs> so, you know, let's make it very clear. I mean, you, you certainly don't have to do anything off work uh, with, uh, with uh, your employer. Uh, you can choose to do it. It may be good for your career in some situations, but you can't be fired for cause because you say, yeah, my job is done, I'm going home, and that's it. You have a right to do that. It's perfectly acceptable. And for a company to do what this company did and to say that's cause, man, that's just far off base. Crazy that he didn't go. I mean, if I'm offered by the boss, but that's a completely different story. The that guy's got family commitments, right? To each their own, right? <laughs> that's right. Exactly. We'll get to another one here. We're talking about the most ridiculous allegations for cause. Uh, employee did not disclose in time or on time the fact that she was pregnant. Oh, no, pregnant. That's never a good yeah. one. Never good. Yeah. And, and so here's what I mean by that is, is uh, this lady waited some six months into her pregnancy before she told her employer. No, I guess she, she wasn't showing much, so the employer didn't know that she was pregnant. And so she told him, you know, I'm six months pregnant, so I'm going to be uh, going off work in, you know, another two and a half, three months. And, and you know, that's great. I look forward to being off and coming back. Well, this employer got very upset. It's, a, you, 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 it's completely irresponsible to give us such little notice. Uh, you know, you're going to be off in two and a half months. It doesn't give us enough time. We're very upset now. Now we, we, we can't trust you anymore. And wouldn't you know it, John, they turn around and they let her go for cause because of it. My gosh. I mean, if that's not a, a human rights violation with a cherry on top, it, it's just completely wrong. An employee does not have any obligation to, to tell their employer uh, at a specific time about their pregnancy. I mean, you can choose to, you cannot. You have a right to take off your, your maternity leave regardless of when you specifically told your employer about it, uh, and you can't be penalized. So the fact that she was penalized and, and fired for cause, number one, that's a wrongful dismissal, easy. But as I said, it's also a human rights violation. You can't let someone go because they're taking maternity, maternity leave and you're upset about it. So this is a company that really should have known better. Uh, and man, oh man, uh, that this uh, mistake that they made, uh, it turned out to be quite an expensive one. So I want our, our, our listeners to understand, you shouldn't be worried when you're pregnant in terms of any reprisal or punishment. The law really does provide some excellent protection. The law doesn't always provide excellent protection, mm -hmm. but it provides excellent protection when it comes to maternity leave, pregnancy, parental leave. Uh, and if your employer does anything to violate your rights, to, to give you a hard time, to punish you, let you go, change your job, give me a call right away. Well, we always say don't mess with mama, even if you know she's not mama for two and a half months. Still going to be a mama. Don't mess with her, right? <laughs> a mama to be. That's yeah, it. It, it, still, it still applies. So anything at all with pregnancy, parental leave, you, you, you just don't go there if you're an employer. You, you, you take the high road. Be professional. Be respectful. Anything else is going to get you into trouble. SeverancePayCalculator.com. Give me some details, man. Well, John, if you lost your job, if, if you need to know how much you're owed, and, and trust me, you need to know how much you're owed because it's not a week's pay per year of service or two weeks' pay per year of service. It's not capped at this amount or that amount. So if you need to know what the actual amount is, uh, there's several ways to do that. You can always call me. That's what I do for a living. 
but you, I can make it even easier for you. I created the severance calculator. SeverancePayCalculator.com is the website. You can go on it right now. I can go on your phone, on your on your computer. Uh, you can even download the severance calculator app. And that's it. You're, you're answering three questions there about your age, your position, and the length of your employment. And you find out how much severance you are owed. It's that simple. It's so important. The difference between knowing what you're owed and not knowing could be tens of thousands of dollars. There's people listening to us right now that I promise you have, in, in the, the last severance package that they accepted without legal advice, probably accepted tens of thousands of dollars less than what they should have. So don't let that happen to you again if it's happened to you before. And don't let that happen to you if you lose your job for the first time. And don't let that happen to your friends and your family. If you or someone you know lost your job or are about to lose your job, the place you go to right away at any time, severancepaycalculator.com. It is one heck of a tool. Make sure you check it out, if only for interest's sake. Check it out now, severancepaycalculator.com. Take a short break. Back into uh, more of your emails and the biggest mistakes that employers make because they just don't know any better. That's why they need a guy like Lior. But uh, that's a, a finer point. We'll get to that in just a bit. Lots more of the Employment Hour coming right up. This is Global News Radio, 640 Toronto and CHML. one 821 5900 is the number. Help at employmenthour.com is the email to get a hold of Lior and a member of his firm, Anytime. I want to talk about this, and that's the biggest mistakes that employers make because they just don't know any better. Should uh, advise as well. I know we, we hammer on employers a lot on the show, and it's for the rights and the benefits of employees, but you have a whole other side of your firm advising and helping employers too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, first one, not understanding the difference between common law and ESA, Employment Standards Act. Big time, yeah. big difference. And, and you know, obviously, I, we've talked often about employees not understanding yeah. that difference. But the same thing applies to employers. Certainly, you know, smaller employers, employers that don't have, uh, you know, sophisticated HR teams at their disposal. So, so let's cla- let's clarify this for both employers and employees. And specifically, when it comes to the difference between common law and employment standards act, we're talking about as relates to termination of employment. So, a person has certain entitlements under the employment standards act. If you lost your job. So for, for some people, it's one or two weeks pay per year of service. Yeah. But, and this is the key, those are only minimums. And the reason why that's so important is because every employee has significantly greater entitlements than the minimums, greater entitlements than what's in the Employment Standards Act under what we call our common law. And under our common law, employees are owed a lot more severance based on their age, position, and length of employment. So if you believe that the ESA is the end and the be- uh, the beginning and the end when it comes to termination of employment, then if you're the employer, you're going to offer someone a lot less than they're owed. And then before you know it, you get legal action on your doorstep for wrongful dismissal when you thought you were doing everything right. So you have to understand that difference. If you're an employer or an employee, to find out what someone's full entitlements are under the common law, you go to the, you call me, you go to severancepaycalculator.com. So for employers, understand it's not a week's pay per year service or two weeks pay. It could be 10 times that yeah. for, for some employees, even more. And certainly for employees, as I said before, right at the top of the show, you, you have to understand that difference because if you don't, you'll end up accepting a severance package that's inadequate. Don't go online and research what am I owed if I lose my job. Because if you go to the wrong website, you may read about the Employment Standards Act and think, that's it. It's not it. It's barely the beginning. So there's a huge difference between Employment Standards Act, 
in common law. Well, that was part of the reason why, A, you put together this show in the first place almost five years ago in the severance pay calculator. You were reading misinformation about employment law on a golf thread. <laughs> yes. Like, what? A, a, a golf message board that uh, <laughs> I, I once visited. I don't even know why I visited. I'm not, I'm not a golfer. But, but I, I checked it out, and uh, yeah, there were, there were at least a couple of threads there that about losing the job, about severance. Hey, guys, I lost my job. What do you guys think about the severance package? And man, oh, man, people were giving advice. Yeah, no, it's a week's pay. It's two weeks' pay. No, this is a great offer. Oh, yes, you should get this or that. Yeah. And it was all wrong, wrong, wrong. And, you know, I understood this person is, is, is hesitant to call a lawyer because sometimes lawyers can be intimidating. But there's got to be a better way to get the message out. That's why this show has been created. So don't get your advice on a message board or of any kind or on a website. Call me. Listen to our show. Go to the severance calculator. There's so many ways to get the right information, and it's so important because if you don't and you find out later that you made a mistake, it may be too late to do anything about it. And so many of those mistakes are often made by the employer as well. That's where we're talking about the biggest ones made because they just don't know any better. Next one is temporary layoffs. A temporary layoff. Mm-hmm. And this, again, comes from this idea of, of misinformation that you may get online. So uh, if you, get, uh, you go online and you look at the wrong place, you may find out that an employer has a right to lay off temporarily. But that only tells you part of the story because the full story is that you don't actually have a right to be uh, to temporarily lay someone off unless they sign an employment agreement that gives you that power or if there's a, a past history of doing it. So in most situations, a temporary layoff is a termination. So an employer may think, you know, business is a bit slow now, so I'm just going to lay off uh, John Scholes for, for uh, uh, the next 10 weeks and then call him back if business picks up, not realizing that because he's done that, John Scholes can now treat his employment as being terminated and get full severance. And again, before they know it, the company may be hit with a wrongful dismissal claim. So for employers and employees, understand that a temporary layoff is not something that's usually permitted. If the employer lays off temporarily, the employee can choose to accept that layoff, or he can choose to treat that as a termination, leave with their full severance, so it's a very, very risky thing. It's a mistake usually for employers to try to lay off an employee temporarily. And a sidebar to that is if the employee accepts that once or twice, then it's uh, pretty much carved in stone in the employment agreement, right? That's the problem. Yeah. So the employee may think, you know, I'm going to be laid off, but I'll just go back when they call me. I'm not going to consider it to be a termination. And that's fine, except by doing that, You've given the company the right to do it again and again and again. And the next time they do it, you won't have the option to treat that as a termination. At that point, it would be acceptable. So you may find yourself being laid off every few months now. Uh, and that's just not a way to work. You can't, you know, you know, you can't live like that. You can't pay your bills that way. So that's why when a company decides to lay off temp- temporarily, in many cases, if not most cases, you may want to consider Uh, treating that as a constructive dismissal, leaving with severance. But please, please, please don't do that without speaking to me first. In addition to the hours we spend discussing and informing on the radio, if you haven't caught the TV show yet, Employment Hour and 30, that happens Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. on Global TV. The number, by the way, 1-855-821-5900. It is help at employmenthour.com. We'll get to lots more of the show after a short break and some of your emails as well. This is the Employment Hour, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto and on CHML. 1-855-821-5900, help at employmenthour.com. You haven't checked it out yet, several 
severancepaycalculator.com. Find out what your severance offer should be, the correct amount, not the one that's a guarantee or at least 90% chance that it's wrong written on the paper in front of you. Just go to severancepaycalculator.com and have a look through that uh, that quick program in about 30 seconds. You want to walk away, it's anonymous, or there's a contact button at the bottom there as well. We're talking about the uh, biggest mistakes that employers make. They just don't know any better in many uh, cases. Not providing notice in writing, specifically in writing. Yeah, and one of the ways an employer can meet its termination obligations to an employees is to give them sufficient advance notice of termination. So if someone is owed, as an example, eight months severance, one of the ways the company can meet that obligation is to give them, instead of severance, eight months advance notice. So I'm telling you right now, employee, that eight months from now, you no longer have a job. We're going to let you go. So that's legal. Another, so another way an employer can do that, instead of giving you know, eight months notice, they could give, I don't know, three months notice. They still have to pay the balance as severance, but at least the notice would count. Where oftentimes employers get into trouble is that they don't give that notice in writing. And they may tell an employee verbally, employee, we're letting you go two months from now. Well, the problem is if it's if it's not in writing, it's not effective. It's not proper notice. Yeah. So the employer can then, can't then take advantage of that notice, can't use that to reduce his uh, its severance obligations. So if you're going to give notice to a terminated employee, if you're going to try to use that notice to meet your obligations as an, as an employer, you have to put that notice in writing. Uh, it has to be addressed to the employee, and it has to have a specific and, and a very uh, accurate end date. You can't say at some point over the next three months we're going to let you go. That doesn't work. It would have to be we're going to let you go on uh, uh, April 1st. So that's fine in writing with a specific date. Otherwise, the employee may be able to say, I didn't receive a notice at all. It's not proper notice, which means, employer, you have to pay me my full severance instead. 1-855-821-5900 is the number. We're talking about the biggest mistakes that employers make. Sometimes they just don't know any better. So we're educating them right now. We're talking about entering into enforceable job offers as well. Yeah, unenforceable job offers is is, is, uh, a big one. Employers often think that all I need to do to have a, a job offer letter, an employment agreement, is to have the employee sign a document. Now, there are very good reasons for employers to have employees sign uh, employment agreements uh, because it allows them to potentially limit their liability in the future. And by the way, for employees, the opposite is true. You generally don't want to sign an employment agreement. You'd much rather start a job on a handshake or with a very, very short document. That's much better than a, a 10-page document. But turning back to the employer, an employer may think, okay, well, I heard Lior on the radio, so I want to have my employee sign an agreement, so I'm just going to ask them to sign. They'll sign it, and, and, and then life is good. Well, not so fast. For an employment agreement to be uh, enforceable, there needs to be some value, something given to the employee in, in exchange. So if you're going to have an existing employee sign an employment agreement, you have to give them something. Maybe it's a signing bonus. Yeah. Maybe it's a pay increase, extra vacation. Whatever it is, as long as it's something that the employee would not have uh, received otherwise. And if you don't do that, then that employment agreement that you ha- you got that you worked so hard to get the employee to sign is not enforceable. Oftentimes, employers also don't draft employment agreements properly, which also may make them uh, unenforceable. So as an employer, yes, you want to have employees sign employment agreements always and every single time, but you have to understand that it's not as simple as having them sign it. Sometimes it's not enforceable. So employers also have to get legal advice before they have employees sign those agreements. 
Our discussion today in the show is talking about the biggest mistakes that employers make because they just don't know any better. This one is uh, this one's a big one as well. Believing that probationary periods, they're assumed. Three months, you're on probation. You got it. I see this daily, John. I see this all the time. Employees call me often saying, uh, you know, I, I was let go because the company said I was on probation. So is probation automatic? Is it assumed? Absolutely not. There's no such thing as automatic probation, whether it's for a month or three months or any other period of time. Probationary periods have to be a creature of a contract, of an employment agreement. So the only time the employee is on probation is if they sign an employment agreement that says that, that says that specifically, that outlines the period of time they're on probation. It, it doesn't, there's no automatic, it's not assumed, it doesn't matter what the company intended, it matters what the company and the employee agreed to. So, so uh, if you want an employee to be on probation, they have to sign it. Now, for employees, the fact that you actually may be on probation doesn't mean you don't get severance. In some situations, it may mean you don't, depending on the exact wording of the employment agreement. But in many cases, even if you lost your job after one or two or three months, you may get severance. And in fact, severance could be substantial. Short service employees are often treated disproportionately better than long-service employees when it comes to severance. And I've had many clients over the years that have worked for two or three months and were owed two to three months of severance. So please don't assume that uh, probation doesn't mean, that means you don't get severance. And if you're an employer, don't assume that uh, probation is automatic. It's absolutely not automatic. We are going to save one of the biggest and best for last in our discussion with the biggest mistakes that employers make because they just don't know any better. But we'll take a short break in advance of that. Uh, severancepaycalculator.com. You'll want to find out what your severance offer should be, the true amount. It's very simple to use. takes about 30 seconds. There's a contact button at the bottom where you can walk away. Just having the knowledge in your head. That and the phone number, one 821 5900 Help at employmenthour.com. We'll get the emails uh, in our last segment as well. Lots more. The Employment Hour is on the way. This is Global News Radio, 640 Toronto and CHML. 1-855-821-5900 is the number. It is help at employmenthour.com. We'll uh, wrap up our discussion here before we get to some of your emails. And it was the biggest mistakes that employers make because they just don't know any better. This one is huge, and this affects a lot of people that are listening, not just employers but employees as well. And that is not distinguishing between independent contractor and an employee. Yeah, as mistakes go, John, this is probably the biggest yeah. one. Uh, and when we talk about mistakes that companies make, and, and in a way, it could be a mistake that we can understand. And that is, if I have someone sign a document saying that they're not an employee, that they're an independent contractor, well, shouldn't I be able to assume that they're really an independent contractor? So, you know, there's some logic to that idea, except it doesn't work that way. Okay, it doesn't actually matter what the employee signed, and it doesn't matter what you call the person or what they call themselves. The law decides whether someone is an independent contractor or an employee. So if someone actually looks and acts like an employee, they're an employee. If someone has a regular job with regular hours, working with the company and for the company, then guess what? They're an employee. It doesn't matter if you call them an independent contractor. And so many companies get so surprised when they realize, well, wait a second, this whole time uh, we thought someone is an independent contractor and the law still considered them to be an employee? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if the company doesn't withhold taxes. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if you do your own taxes or if you've incorporated your own company. 
None of that actually matters. All that matters is, do you look like an employee? Do you act like an employee? If you do, you're an employee. And this is especially important, John, when it comes to termination. Because if you've been let go and the law considers you to be an employee, then you get full severance, just like any other employee. And the company may not realize that they have to pay you that severance because they think you're an independent contractor. So I didn't let go of an employee. I let go of an independent contractor, which means I don't have to pay severance. Well, no. If the, if the law thinks or and the law decides that the person is really an employee, then full severance is owed. So if you you lost your job and, and you're not sure if you're an independent contractor or an employee, give me a call because it's very, very likely that you're an employee and you get your full severance. Yeah, we often say, you know, if it was just that simple, then the world would be full of independent contractors. Nobody would ever have to pay severance, not so. Well, exactly. No, why would anyone be hired as sure. an employee if it was as simple as signing a piece of paper? Anyone can sign a piece of paper. Well, the law is obviously smarter than that. And the law doesn't want people to be taken advantage of by calling them something that they're not, all right? So because of that, the law is going to take care of making that determination. The law is going to take the power away from, from both the company and the individual and say, okay, the law is going to decide. And if the law decides you're an employee, then you have all the rights of an employee, and it doesn't matter what you signed. Help at employmenthour.com is that email address. We'll get to one to Murray here. First up says, I worked for a company for five years as a truck driver and was paid based on mileage. I was just let go. Am I entitled to anything? Well, yeah, absolutely you are. So it's very simple. If you're let go, you're owed severance. You owed compensation for a certain period of time based on your age, position, and length of employment. So let's let's just say as an example that, that Murray is owed I don't know, eight months severance. Just pick the number. Well, what that means is uh, he he's owed whatever we would have expected him to earn over the next eight months. So how would we do that? We would simply look at an average and see what does Murray make on an average in a particular month. Okay, he makes $5,000 on average. Well, then that's what we're going to use to calculate his eight-month severance. It doesn't matter if you're getting paid by mileage like Murray or you get it paid on commission or you get it paid piecemeal or salary or hourly uh, or you know maybe your hours vary and, and they change from week to week. If your salary and your compensation changes, then we're simply going to look at an average and that average is going to be used to calculate your severance. So, Murray, yes, you wrote severance. Give me a call. Let me help you get everything you wrote. Get to an email from Stan here. He says, my employer mentioned to me that uh, no one has worked at the company after the age of 65 uh, because of the benefits plan won't cover them. Uh, I'm 63. Do I have to retire when I'm 65? Excellent question. Excellent, excellent question. I'm, I'm glad that we got that from Stan. So, yes, there are situations where a benefit plan may not cover you beyond 65, but that does have that has nothing to do with your status as an employee. Right. If you can't qualify for benefits plan, you may have to continue working without benefits plan, but that does not mean you have to retire. That does not mean that you're automatically out of a job. Absolutely not. The only one that can decide if you're going to quit or retire or resign is you. It doesn't matter what your age is. We used to have mandatory retirement in Ontario. That was some uh, 10 years or 11 years ago now. But that's gone. So an employer can't tell you to retire at 65 or 66 or 75 or any age. You can work as long as you want. Doesn't matter about what the benefits plan wants to do. Doesn't matter what the company wants to do. And if the company tries to let you go because of your age or is making you retire because of your age or putting pressure on you to retire, that's illegal. That's a human rights violation. And the law 
doesn't look at that uh, favorably at all. Mm. The law is going to come down very hard on the company. If that happens, give me a call right away. Great stuff for another week, uh, brother. And uh, in leaving, you want to get a hold of Lior, a member of the team on the firm anytime? Yeah, no problem. 1-855-821-5900. It is help at employmenthour.com. Severance Pay Calculator referenced it, talked about it today. It's a way to find out exactly what your severance offer should be, not the one on the paper, what it should be, severancepaycalculator.com. And if you haven't caught the TV show, more information uh, on the tube. Uh, Employment Hour in 30 is what it's called. Happens Saturdays at 10 a.m. on Global TV. Till next time, this is... Has been the Employment Hour right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and CHML.